Hey guys, this is Rob Bass, and you're listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Are you into comics and cool stuff, or did you like to be? Well, if so, go on and check out our guys over at waywardraven.com. If you haven't been there, you should. Great stuff, novelties, gear, comics, and uh, just a bunch of cool guys. So check them out at waywardraven.com. Use our discount code. You know what it is. It's Neckbeard to get a certain amount of money off your purchase. Check them out today. If you're a gamer and or like coffee, be sure to get over to Player One Coffee, our guys in Salt Lake City. Be sure to get yourself some of the overclocked omen, as it is the God's gift to gamers. Go on over to PlayerOneCoffee.com and use our discount code, GeekCastLive. Hey everybody, GCR here to tell you about a new product that we are trying to sell, and that we use ourselves. It's CBD oil. If you're anything like me, as a 35-year-old overweight man, you have a sore back, you have a sore shoulder, and you fight insomnia all the time. Well, I don't anymore. CBD oil is legal in all 50 states, and this HempWorks product is fantastic. We have THC-free if you're worried about a drug test, and we have salves and creams and oils, peppermint, cinnamon, no flavor. We have everything. Go to GCLCBD.com and get some for yourself because you deserve it. If you're anything like us here at GeekCast Live, I know that almost all you've ever wanted to do in life is play wizard chess. Well, now here's your chance. You can head on over to squareoffnow.com and pick yourself up a wizard chessboard, basically. Just use our discount code GCL to get 20% and free shipping off your order. That's squareoffnow.com, discount code GCL for wizard chess today. Go buy t-shirts. <laughs> play that. Just play it. GCL thread, GCL.threadless.com. T-shirts, hats, shower curtains. Be about that life. You can probably get it on a toy. Anal beads. Mm -hmm. I think they have anal beads. They have leggings. Yeah, stockings, bath curtains. They got like uh, uh, Kenny Loggins' skull on a (laughs) T-shirt. It looks like Kenny Loggins, doesn't it? Wait, what was it? GCL. .threadless.com That's gcl.threadless.com 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 It's a trap! Hello, everyone, and welcome a, to episode 270 wild, of the GeekCast Live Podcast. I am your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass. It's Nico. And Cartoon Me. Oh, man, it's been nine weeks or something. It's been forever. It's been so long. We're all on a podcast together. Yeah. 
It's it's truly fantastic. It feels like it's been Son an eternity in dog years. Gun. Been like it's it feels like it's been roughly ten weeks. <laughs> Near, yes. Nearly two and a half months. Yes. That's what it feels like. All that. How is how is everyone? <laughs> oh, I'm a little tired. Um other than that, I'm doing great. Yeah. Feeling saved. Like saved. So I'm doing. Like by the bell? Or your soul. Or like yes, go- or like a goalie, uh, like a like a like, like a ninth inning closer, Ooh. like a sixteen. That, that, that is also found. That is also accepted <laughs> Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm basically John Rocker. <laughs> so John, <laughs> so John, so John Rocker, which makes sense. Of course, yeah. that checks out. You'll have that tracks. Well, it is good to hear of all of you again. It is nice. This I we don't even have. It's like we've lost some chemistry almost. Like I don't even know. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid. I'm like afraid to offend Rob, <laughs> but everything's unnatural. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I'll think of a hundred things to piss you off tonight. So excellent. I'll get my mojo <laughs> back pretty quick. We actually have a fairly uh, busy show. To be honest, I mean, to be fair, that's, that's not us. To be that's fair, not how we do we've this got thing. actually stuff on the agenda tonight. Weird and <sighs> fantastic. I really like it. Hot. But besides, yeah. Besides the fact, like we could probably spend a long time talking about. Um, Is that me? San, Did I go again? San Diego Comic Con, but we should probably wait till next week since <laughs> San Diego Comic Con is it's, this weekend. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess it'll be uh, a couple of days by a couple of days into it by the time that the podcast actually hits everyone's ear holes. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. I guess the only thing that I really know that's been dropped so far prior to that has been the announcement about Thor four. Yes, for which what? Taika Waititi mm-hmm. he's back. Yep, yep, yep. And, and uh, they, Rob and I have cool. We officially dreamcast uh, Beta Ray Bill today, Joe. Yeah, Ooh. no, I, I don't think that there will be a better casting. I, I, assu- I, really I assume it's Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, that was actually our backup. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me let me get his name so I can guess. I just said it by all means. <laughs> that was a good pick, though, Nick. Uh, that we had heavily discussed it, weighed our options. She did make the 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 top two. She got is a callback. Is it Charlie she, Heaton? Oh no! Oh no! He's the closest no. in face. <laughs> we went with um, the actual actor. The actor is it's half Thor Bjornsson. Ooh, oh, I like. Right. I like the mountain. Okay. Yes, yes, the mountain. But the voice of Beta Ray Bill is uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Clements. Yes, <laughs> the crab from Moana. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jesus Christ, Bronchitis. <laughs> there would be no better pairing, I think, for body and voice for Beta Ray Bill than Hathor Bjornsson. <laughs> Yes. And Jermaine Clemens. The 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 only more iconic pairing would be uh, the guy who was in the Darth Vader suit and uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, I, I made Prowse. the exact same right. comparison. <laughs> I think it'd be phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that's that's the only thing that I've known so far that's actually come like that, that I'm sure will be touched on at some point in time during San Diego uh, San Diego Comic Con. 
that, uh, that, that's that been leaked or uh, not even leaked. I think Marvel officially announced it today, didn't they? Yeah, it's, it was yesterday. It is official. Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Thor 4, no details except for Thor 4 and Taika. Yeah. And Beta Ray. And, well, and Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. Beta so, Ray Bill. I'm so yeah. excited. You said it was Bjorn Borg and Jermaine Dupree? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. My new official it's cast. Odd. It's an odd pairing, but I mean, Bjorn whatever. I don't, I'm not. Borg and Jermaine Borg. Dupree. Yep. Did I have it wrong? Was it did I reverse that? No, nope, that's that is spot on. Can you can you think of another person's celebrity's name that is also a fantastic undisclosed flavor of ice cream? Is mm. there anything better than Jermaine Dupree? <laughs> um, I could probably come up with one if given time. Like, and right, given time. like what? No, like uh, butterscotch uh, crumble waffle. So, well, that's, that's not that's an someone's name. name. Yeah, oh, he that, plays. Uh, doesn't that guy play Sherlock? Yeah, he plays. He plays. Yeah, he plays a dragon. I I know I've seen him in a movie. Bandersnatch Cumberbund. Yeah, that's that one. doesn't sound delicious. Build a bear cum stain. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Celebrity ice cream flavor. I would actually want to play that game. Well, because I think like, have you ever had like two scoops of Jumaine Dupree? <laughs> It's like a cereal. No, but I want to. I mean, it is my anniversary, so maybe. <laughs> like you might treat oh, yourself. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a sex move. It is yeah, now. No, it's, the yeah, Ju- it is the, now. Ju- the Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, normally uh... it's it's normally the precursor to an R. Kelly. <laughs> you, you you bite her in the ass and leave your gold tooth stuck there. This is taking a turn for the worst. I, I blame you. <laughs> Shocker. No, that's not part no, of that's the No, that's degree. a different move. Yeah, yeah that's a totally uh, different move, buddy. Oh, Amateur. Okay. It's, uh. it's one and two, not two and one. <laughs> is it? No. Oh. No. It's two and one. I think it it depends on her orientation. Uh, uh, What is the shocker? What is the whoopsie? But I'm not sure which is which. I think the the whoopsie is one and two. Right. Whatever, two. two. One plus two plus one plus one. Two plus one. Immortal words of Danger Johnson. uh, Two and five is the minivan. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. Wow. Uh, wow. Two and man. five. That does not get you a second date. For no. sure. When you no, that's fine. That, you, you don't need that one, one after that. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> you're not invited back. No, if if here's the thing is if, if you minivan a girl on the first date, you weren't planning on a second one anyway. <laughs> I think that's I think that's how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's that chemistry I thought we lost. <laughs> Take a second. Uh, Burners, here we come. Nick, we have a. Uh, you gave us homework like seven weeks ago. Maybe even years. It feels yeah, like it's, it's been eons. I know you've seen it. Get out of my fucking skull. I know. <laughs> I, I know I've seen it. I know Rob's seen it. Joe, have you done your homework? I, I haven't. I asked for a login and no one gave me one. 
Oh, so you have it. I threw you under the bus this morning. <laughs> I thought it was taken care of. Me too. I just assumed. So we no. need to so we need to push it yet another week. Yeah, sorry. I mean, you can talk about it. I just I won't be able to participate. God, no, God damn no, we, you, can't. we can't. Actually, I, I can participate. Uh, like Jimmy Smiths, not Smiths. What's his name? No, nope. nope. like Jimmy Smiths. No, do it like nope. Jimmy Smiths. <laughs> do it like exactly like Jimmy Smiths. <laughs> I can't yeah. even remember his voice right now. <laughs> Jimmy Smiths. Enunciate just over enunciate. <laughs> I would trust her with my life. <laughs> Well, do we want to shoot for it or do we want to hold off? I'm fine with either. I've got I've got plenty of thoughts and I'm sure that I'll watch this movie again before we talk about it if we push it off. <sighs> well, I think but, it's a I think it's a good topic. We've only got three what do we have? Three topics for tonight? No well, it's, it's, it's that and Stranger Things. Yeah. And That's uh, two well, topics. and our and our youth sports update, of which oh, I have and, one. And oh, chance update. snapper. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Ironically enough, our local sports team is the Snappers. Oh, uh, that's really? phenomenal. Did you go get pictures? Yeah, I've got some. With, well, the, with, it's, with, it's, with chance? It's single A minor league baseball, so oh. there's limited yeah. options. There's, no. at least, there's at least three white guys on that team that look like Chance the Rapper, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good club. <laughs> Just saying. Suburbs. I think not- they were called bats, aren't they? Uh, anyway, bats, bats, uh, uh, all that. Well, stuff. anyway, uh, so uh, I, I have thoughts. I, I I'm just over. I'm brimming with them. So I need to. I need to. Which, for which it. specific uh, set of thoughts are we on right now? Uh, uh, sunshine. Oh yeah, bring bring yeah. the ruckus. Okay. So firstly, um, this firstly. Uh, this movie. I'm very late to the party here. Uh, it's a dozen years old do, do people say that it's 12 I, years old i can't old? tell you how happy i am that i actually scooped all you guys on something i just rarely happened no this is i had i had seen it to a point now mm-hmm. your ass hurts no i did because i i remember seeing um uh canada mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. when he went on his little spacewalk i don't know for spoiling things well, I think I, we should I probably. Uh, it's it's okay. 2007, it's, but just well, in case, spoilers for okay. Sunshine. I had here watched, on. I had watched the movie up until Canada and uh, the Scarecrow from the Batman franchise. Cillian uh, Murphy. Murphy had gone onto the Sun Shield, and then yeah. I stopped watching it. And that was like that was a, probably a dozen years ago. Yeah, and that's like it's a powerful scene, forty minutes actually. into the movie. It yeah, it's an amazing scene. scene. So is all right. For, so uh, just just uh, do we want to give a quick like? Yeah, give us a, give a synopsis. Just a real brief, not even a synopsis, but just an overview of what we're talking about because this is not, I don't think, um, common pop culture. This is a film by a what I think legitimately I think is a one of the most underrated directors in Hollywood. Uh, and Danny Boyle. Yeah. I mean, he just, I think he's extremely talented. I didn't, and, and he I does didn't realize cool shit. And this until, is a, this is a sci-fi, but not like alien sci-fi space kind of odyssey. It's, 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 it's hard sci-fi or, yes. or closer to hard sci-fi than things like, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars. I'd probably put it in a relatively I, I similar boat sci-fi, as alien. Yeah. It's but, more of a, uh, of a, I don't know, even know how to describe it. 
It's 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 set in space, but not in a fantasy space. Yeah, I mean it's hard sci-fi. That's yeah. that's yeah the and classification that the, the, the general premise is um, Earth has identified that the sun is dying and has pooled the last of its resources intellectually, financially, scientifically to mount a, a expedition to reignite our sun using um, some form of like a electromagnetic nuclear warhead. Right. And the first one went dark, went off the grid, went off radio contact. So this is the second and final uh, mission is, is the premise for this film. And it's uh, an ensemble cast and proceed now to Rob. And I had seen okay. it and I used it as a counterpunch to Rob's soliloquy on 2001 A Space Odyssey and Interstellar Correct. and found out that they were not familiar with it. So I said, this is something we should talk about. And roll scene. And this, okay, so I know that I give you shit about a great many things. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the better things. This is probably the best thing that I think that you have ever brought into my life. Like I will, <laughs> I will genuinely give you that. I like In- this is including a the piece ice and fire pen. Uh, mm. <laughs> as my, as my- <laughs> second to it. Uh, <laughs> um, Carry on. So I didn't realize until doing my research after having watched this. I ended up watching it. Um, finally last night and then i i was like kind of sleepy and groggy by the end so i wanted to like i I ended up watching it again today to make sure that i had like to to basically now i had seen all of it now i want to sit down and like watch it and try and comprehend it a little bit better yeah there's a lot Um, there's a lot to take there's a lot and that's that's a fantastic thing and a science fiction anything book um, movie, television show. It's something that you should want to come back to over and over again to try and digest it a little bit more. Um, and it left me with a lot of really cool thoughts and opinions and questions. And um, anyway, so I didn't realize that Danny Boyle, um, I, I didn't realize that Danny Boyle was the director of Sunshine, but also the director of like 28 Days Later, Slumdog Millionaire, Sh- Shallow Grave, 127 Hours. Like this guy's got a a fantastic track record. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, he just he does some really he he cool does work stuff. Yeah, he's he's yeah. solid. The casting is incredible. Um, we had already said that there's uh, Silly Murphy in there. Chris Evans is in it. Mark Strong, Benedict Wong, uh, Hiroyuki uh, Sanada, who, who is, plays who Kanata. Is one of my all-time favorite actors. He's really he's, good. He's Cliff Curtis. incredible, and he does great in this, too. Cliff Curtis, um, who – you know how we give a lot of – we make fun of uh, Seagal all the time for like – We do. What's his, Everything. What's his nationality? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should look at the, the filmography of Cliff Curtis. Yeah. He's been everything from like a he was like a uh like a Islamic terrorist mm-hmm. to a Native American to just a to a Mexican he played a white guy. Tick Tick in ten thousand BC, in case you were wondering. He just he can play he plays like every yeah, his, his training day part is probably my favorite of his. And he's from New Zealand, which I literally just now found he's, out. because I, I wasn't sure. But this, uh, this cast, you've never seen him. 
He looks like uh, Ray Romano, but stung by bees. <laughs> this, wow. That's, that's perfect. Mm. This cast is, is, um, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's a, really it's a, really it's a, good it's cast. It's an plus cast. And they, and, and it's they do very, very, very well acted. This film. It is. It, it, it really is. And they do a lot with a little, there's only like 10 actors in the course of like maybe a dozen, if you include like some of the stuff at the end. Um, but there's only like 10 actors that the story revolves around and, and that are in the movie period. Um, yeah. So the scope of the movie, while it is like interstellar to some degree, uh, interstellar in the sense that it's uh, beyond stars. Uh, but um, they they do a great job at really honing in on these characters and making the story really personal. And the actors, like we said, do such a great job. Um, really, really committing to the role and making it feel like you've like these characters have been together for a while and they've been in space together for a while and you get in sort of like this cramped positioning where it's you and a bunch of people shoved in a metal tube with nothing around you at all. Um, so I really enjoyed the uh, the amount of tension there. One of the other things that I found uh, really fascinating whenever. Um, Danny Boyle was coming up with the concept for this movie and uh, beginning to start fleshing it out. Um, he actually got uh, he and like his crew of writers reached out and got a hold of Dr. Brian Cox and uh, Dr. Cox. His name is funny. Um, is a renowned physicist and astrophysicist, uh, world renowned on a great scale. Works at CERN, paid by the British government to basically make uh, science cool and. Very knowledgeable guy. I think he does his job. Um, so they there there are some like scientific flaws in in the movie overall, but for the most part, they do a really really good job at trying to like adhere to a lot of scientific truths, um, and they do a really good job at making it hard sci-fi, being like grounded in reality to some degree. Compared to things like Star Trek or Star Wars, like we said earlier, which is, again, why I kind of put it in a similar box to, like, Alien or um, or, or Interstellar, for that matter. Um, man, I, uh, I I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I really enjoyed the pacing, the story, um, the... The, even the amount of science they use, albeit like some of it's based on like highly theoretical stuff, um, things like cue balls, which um, basically is like uh, something that was created at during the course of the Big Bang, which is um, still okay. Uh, cue balls are basically like this theory that it, it's like a cancerous growth sort of and stars with enough density that can cause the star to prematurely burn out or oh. like feed off of it and cause them to start uh, decaying and breaking things down on a like proton and neutron level like pseudo like beyond molecular levels um and the way that they go about this like nick had said was uh by scraping together that like basically all of earth's resources after the first attempt which again went dark um so everything uh, uh all of the remaining uranium explosive material gunpowder you name it um is cobbled together into a uh, effectively like a, a nuclear missile the size of manhattan um 
And I, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it was a really great thinking movie. It, it was, it was thrilling. Um, there's a lot of really like intellectual back and forth that I, I took quite a bit away from. Um, and it's dark. It's real That's dark. That's a good word for it. It is definitely dark. And it's one of those ones where there's like no music, you know? So it's just, Ooh, it's, partic- it's particularly haunting yeah. because it just, it just is happening. It, it, it is. Yeah. No. And they, they do a fantastic job with just using like the, like, like there's no music with it, but you can hear like every creak and groan of metal in this massive ship that's propelling this giant um, solar shield essentially um, towards the sun um, getting ever closer and closer. There's also um, some, some during the third act, there's some almost nausea inducing camera work. Oh, it's so good though. No, it it's really not, is. like it isn't bad. Um, and I, I think it's the, I think it's, I read into it as it's, uh, it was their way of making you seem like you were running out of oxygen. See, that was my thought too. I was, cause I, that was one of the big questions that I had was like trying to understand the, like the constant distortion that you saw. But whenever you like looked at the main characters through the lens of the camera, you didn't have that distortion. But whenever you were looking at things that the characters were looking at, you had that like that blur and that distortion and it like correct right um oh. and then there's also some it's well it literally is blink and you miss it because when i had to rewind it for natalie i blinked and missed it there's some some uh, like subliminal stuff in there oh when, yeah when they when they when they get uh to icarus one mm-hmm. um there's flashes. I don't know. Did you guys catch that? I'm sure you yeah, did. Yeah, the, the the snippets of the the crew of Icarus one. Yes. Yeah, and that I don't entirely understand. I like the immediate. You know, the 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 obvious answer is they're there to unsettle the viewer. Yes. And it, which it does. They do. They do a great job because the first time, like the first time one that like pops up, they're entering this. Like they're going through the airlock. And they're entering this derelict uh, um, uh, spaceship that has a solar shield on it um, that's just orbiting the sun right now. Um, And it's been dark for seven years. Nobody has seen or heard anything. The the first mission was wrote off as a failure. So that's hence why the second mission is even taking place. And um, so like they enter the ship and it's quiet. And it's dark. You can see dust flitting through the little bit of light that you can actually, you know, see. The characters are, you know, broaching, uh, breaching the into the the spaceship. Icarus One, broaching. Yeah, they're broaching it. I can make a. Um, I can make a flower. I can make a. I can make a. Bird. I can make a flower. I can make an eagle. Uh, no. Uh, so they and like as soon as they step through the threshold, you can hear like the this like white noise distortion sound and for like a split second you see a face just pop out at you and then it's gone as quickly as it was there it's gone and then it happens a couple of more times and i still don't like other than to unnerve you and and just kind of like generally disturb you i'm not entirely sure 
why that was in the film. It's, it's the only I, reason. I liked it. It's it was good cinematography. But yeah. It's, the, um, it's there to mess with you. Yeah, which which it does. It, like especially since they're going into this creepy ship that like some of the people from the crew of Icarus 2 even knew members of the the first Icarus. Um uh Kanata, Captain Kanata, the um um the the person who initially led Icarus 2. Um was apparently close friends with uh, uh, Captain Pinbacker, who was the uh, captain of the first Icarus. And so they show a little bit of him at the beginning of the movie going through and like watching videos of uh, Pinbacker back in the day, um, going through and talking about, um, you know, different astrophysics things and engineering things. He was kind of a, a Pinbacker was apparently like a sort of mentor to uh, Kanata. And then, uh, anyway, as the story progresses, it just continues to get creepier and creepier, and um, people like people start dying off, and uh, the mission, which was already like getting to the point of being, um, the, the crew is coming to the realization that they were no longer going to be able to complete this mission, or that things were just becoming more and more dire. Uh, especially considering the weight of the entire world rested on these, you know, ten people's shoulders, and by the time that they get to the Icarus One, a couple of the, a couple of them have already gone and and gotten killed off or injured or gone uh, kind of off the deep end um, for various reasons, and then they start getting really um, they they start getting like a. a, a philosophical with it to a certain degree um yeah i didn't i didn't understand yeah the the, the philosophical side of it plays a huge role in the second half of the movie it becomes yes, kind in of the a second study half it of, absolutely does of human not behavior but like human psychology yeah, under, i wish under i would have known what stress. happened to icarus one and to, yeah. specifically to pinbacker right because it seems like that's a pretty interesting switch to flip. Right. But so my theory on this is, um, okay. So are you guys familiar with like the, the like concept of like, I'm sure there's a better term than what I'm going to use, but like sun madness or something like that. Like if you, if you stare at the sun for too long or say you're like out in the desert, just baking beneath the sun and you've got nothing but the sun glaring at you. Heat sickness. There we go. That sounds stroke. Sunstroke. There we go. Uh, Perfect. Um, So obviously getting that much closer to the sun, not necessarily the proximity is going to get you, but the continued um, the the continued possibility for exposure um, could potentially drive you real fucking crazy. I mean, if you look at Cliff Curtis's character uh, Searle, um, throughout most of the throughout most of the movie, while his character is around, he's very deliberately staring at the sun and constantly like pushing the like the boundaries of like what's the brightness that i can see whenever like people are seeing it more directly he like the question that he's asking them like the last question that he asks one of the characters before they die is what do you see what's it like like constantly like poking and prodding and wanting to know more and more about this thing that he's he's sat and looked at for a long time 
um, especially since it's it's their destination and, and they're they're heading right towards it. Um, so, I I I presume that whatever happened to Pinbacker could have could be related in somehow to getting sunstroke to a certain degree or or something to that effect. But I'm with you. I would like to know more there. What? Where did that there, switch there's, flip? There, what there's happened? some kind of mania that has set in. Right. Really. Um, so now, now that you've digested the whole thing or uh, set on a little bit, um, was there any one part that really stuck with you? Uh, any one scene? Oof. And um, how do you mm-hmm. feel it, it stacks up? Uh, not like rating wise, like, but how does it stack up against like an interstellar in terms of this? I think you called it hard sci-fi kind of epic. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, let's let's start off with the the first um, question there. Um, so I think the scene that stood out to me the most would probably have to be um, would probably have to be the last scene with Cillian Murphy in it. Um, because one, it's a beautifully shot scene. Um, Cillian Murphy, like I like truly captured a, a really strange and amazing emotion that I, I don't know if I could even begin like I, like just pure awe, um, I guess, is the what I'm looking for. Um, we're at the end of the movie. Um, the mission is for the uh, the mission is a success spoiler um but um <laughs> um so the last scene with Cillian Murphy um the um the bomb it, he and a couple of people are on the uh the detachable bomb that's being jettisoned towards the sun um and proceeding to essentially crash into its surface to try and dig in a little ways and ignite this giant nuclear missile um, and so the, the, the force and power and just sheer tenacity of the sun burns away through part of the, uh, the part of the wall, um, and starts like eating its way towards Cillian Murphy. You just see fire and, and radiation and the sun just inching its way closer to Cillian Murphy and behind him, the bomb, uh, exploding. And there's this beautiful scene where you've got the sun on one side and the nuclear explosion um, triggering behind him. And you've got Cillian Murphy just standing there for, you know, what seems like a while, but could presumably be, you know, seconds, essentially, or not even seconds, milliseconds of him processing that. Um, and it's this, like, it's just a beautiful scene in its own, but it's a fantastic, like, metaphor even this whole the whole premise of this movie is man versus nature and and something so terribly catastrophic that um that even if they succeed like all of the people that we've met are inevitably doomed uh, all the people that you followed are are doomed period um should they fail everything is doomed um and so you've got this man versus nature scene with like the the solution to trying to you know satiate or not even satiate to try and stabilize nature to some degree is using science and technology and, and progress innovation to try and 
and solve and tackle this astronomical problem. We should have had Rob. We should have asked Rob to do this in seven words or less. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's it. I, I, I'm you, done now. You, uh, you, for you, that. I, I don't. <laughs> you actually said at one point like, like I, I think there was eight adjectives in that last sentence. You're probably right. Um, <laughs> the insatiable, was, unending, inevitable, long-lasting, indigestible perpetuity truth and, that is nature is trying- <laughs> truth-seeking. <laughs> like Jesus, man, we get it. it it's inevitable. It was there. It was, they were on July fourth, <laughs> the fourth of July. In the Four year days of our Lord. into the month of July. <laughs> of course, they both died on the same day. That's what's so remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just. We wanted to know the scene that stood out to me. God damn it! And I'm gonna paint a fucking picture. I loved it, Rob. Uh, and that's thank you. and that's the one we. Yeah, you I, do I, art. I do art, good coach. Um, <laughs> But anyways, that's that's the scene that easily stands out the, the most to me. It was it was an incredible scene. Um, and then in terms of where I would rank it in terms of <laughs> sci-fi as a whole, I'll try and do it in seven le- words or less. Amidst um, the swell of hard sci-fi, one may find himself betwixt. Between a rock and a hard place. Heaving bosoms. (laughs) (laughs) I found myself there in that moment thinking, am I a rock? Um, Anyway, um, I would put it above... The middle. Alien. But below the mean. But below the means. I would put it above Alien, and I would probably go so far as to put it on par with 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's high praise from you. That is that is high praise. I do really like 2001, but I don't think that it quite touches or, or eclipses or shadows or... I'm trying to think of other words now. Anyway, uh, um, doesn't quite uh, reach the heights it does not of move Interstellar. In the same gravitational pull and circle. <laughs> doesn't quite get to Interstellar, but man, is it is it damn good sci-fi? And for the most part, they really tried to do their homework. There are some hiccups and things that are really, really but a reliant on that is more of a diaphragmal. <laughs> Yeah. What is a hiccup really well, but a burp filled with love but a, and longing? <laughs> Doctors have been on the fence about whether or not vaginal hiccups for years. So yeah, yeah. Um, but other than some of the, the the science hiccups, it's a really really solid um, story, and they mm. did a lot of homework. And they they got one of the foremost astrophysicists in the world currently to come in. Has Astro- come forth. If that is and not the show title tonight. <laughs> anyway, they did their homework. It really turned out well. Nice. So uh, as you can see, Rob is indifferent. But <laughs> so, eh, I give it a five. <laughs> No, it's worth it. If you haven't watched it and you like sci-fi, do yourself a service and and watch it. It's on HBO. It's very underrated, very memorable. To to Uh, me, the movie always – the movie movie hits its high point 
when uh, and I think there's like there's three instances where a very important, very heavy decision has to be made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think the movie shines the most because it 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 stops being a a, a horror movie, a thriller movie, a science movie. It just starts being it becomes like just a people movie where yes. you were like it's what I like the most about like um uh apocalyptic shit is that you mm-hmm. have you have there's hard decisions to be made. And there's three scenes in particular where a very tough decision. And there, of course, there's the right answers, the, the you know. The morally right answers. The morally the right, logically answer, right answers. The logically right answers. And then where are you going to, you have to fall somewhere in between there or you have to, you have to pick one of the two. And that's, that's where the movie shined for me. Absolutely. Joe? Uh... Yeah, great, great film. Um, really, the midnight the... dove coos when <laughs> is the question that betwixt the silver cat treads lightly when blue meets mm-hmm. yellow in the west. Ah, nice. Well done. Nice. Well, that should roll us right into <laughs> our was, next. That was a segment. pretty strong segue there. <laughs> it was actually. Uh, if anybody speaks Russian, jarringly so, then you'll you'll know where we're going. Thanks, Nick, for the recommendation. I do. I I did. It was a good movie to uh, have finished since I didn't finish it last time. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad it was. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm pretty certain I saw it in the theater because I was dialed into this from the cinema. The movieplex. Yes, the the, <laughs> the, the visual screen. discotheque. New cinema. Because uh, the silver screen is actually a TV. Yeah, it's just uh, it's cool, and I think, like you said, you you summed it up well. But it it fits amongst the you know Mount Rushmore of this genre, whatever that, whatever we decide to call the genre. It's it's a, uh, it's very cool, especially if you like Danny Boyle's type of work. Um, it's just a, a quality film. But as as our friend Cartoon Joe was uh, reverse encrypting, reverse decoder, what were you doing there? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. Uh, yeah, silver cat, blue blue fish, brown duck, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. What's that from, Joe? Blue ye arie omde. Stranger Things season three, really good. The the season that shall live in infamy. Speaking of darkest timelines. <laughs> were we? I well, we are now because I have a feeling we're about to take very strong opposing stances I, on a. I feel a as though show friendly topic. This is our our <laughs> usual three on one. Feet down, happy yeah. fun people versus <laughs> versus Nick. nihilistic the huh. German nihilist <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Let me ask you something. how how the cat's ass is turned, Joe. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> To find out what happened you, there you, as well. You new age turncoat, fucking formerly <laughs> angsty fuck, and now you're you're going to side back with the with the fucking moral majority. Okay, <laughs> you you do you. Look, I never said I disliked the season. I just said that there should have been no more seasons after season one. No, I meant the fact that you you have firmly established yourself on the side of the angst ridden this season and now you're conveniently taking the side of the well nick's a prick but fine 
much like new Coke. Should never I wanna, have been created. I don't think that's about you. Do no. you know what? Do you know the story of New Coke by chance? I I don't. I do. Uh, let's pretend that I wasn't alive around then. I, I know the story. It's despicable. But here, go ahead. No, I, I don't need to tell it. Good. I'd like you to don't. know it. Uh, What's despicable about it? They brought out New Coke, right? Everybody yeah. hated it because it wasn't Coca Cola Classic. Right. Right. So they pulled New Coke. Right. You know what New Coke is now? Old Coke? It's the Coke you get at McDonald's. Oh, shit. Uh, really? It's, it's, just, it's just a sweeter version. It's a sweeter it's Coke. Easier. So, uh, so the Coke that everyone hated is the Coke now that everyone loves. Like, oh, that McDonald's Coke, that's like the best. Yeah, Coke. I, don't, I, don't loves think McDonald's Coke. I don't think McDonald's Coke is anything special. I, I don't uh, think it I tastes... Don't, it's they made it's, new Coke to 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 close the gap with Pepsi that they thought correct. they had to close the gap of because correct. Pepsi tastes like fucking piss with five times the sugar in it. <laughs> Fuck you, Pepsi. Diabetic piss. And so anyway, <laughs> I have yeah, a question. I, I think the listeners can draw the line in the sand as to where they where they believe we're going to fall here, but I want to clarify something, Nick, with you. I know you didn't like this season now is it one of those i wouldn't go that where, far i wouldn't okay, go that far is it one of those things where like it's you believe it's the weakest season but you still enjoyed yourself or did you yes, not like yes. the season no oh, okay I, I mean i well i could argue that point for viewer ratings i suppose all um, five of them but uh <laughs> no obviously everybody on this show is is a stranger things a fan of the franchise what i felt was this this season in particular took a it took a fork in the road that I have been against across all platforms for years, which is the I felt like they they forced it um, just to get another season in and they fell victim to their own tropes and they lost a lot of what I felt was the the real meat, meaty substance of what made the show great. And I thought it was lazy. And by comparison, it is, um, you know, it's, it's a significant step down from the first season and a marginal step down from the second season. So okay. you know, I'm not a Stranger Things hater. I didn't even hate the season. I, I watched it, but the whole time I was watching it, I was shaking my head and like pursed lips. So go ahead, take your shots. I'm prepared to defend my position. I actually, I have less shots to take at you now, to be yeah, completely that's, honest. Yeah, how I feel. I, I was under the impression that you, like, I, I hated this season. You're an that's asshole, bad. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> let's, your so opinion's let's, bad and you should feel bad. So let's do this. Let's, we had, um. Your opinions are not valid. And there's no <laughs> place for you. Do you have like uh like an improvised video essays stuff to say about it? You know me. I don't need no introductions and shit. Anyway, um <laughs> let's let's I want to do let's do this exercise. I just want the words thumbs up, thumbs down. Either one. Okay. Say thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. Um uh, with with nothing else to it. That's it. That's no, no I just well we can um we Elaborate can no, afterwards. There, there will be. We could get into it after the thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. 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 Uh, the new character of Robin. 
Thumbs up. Th- thumbs up. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Okay. Yeah. Um, we know who her parents are, correct? We've all seen like. Yes. Okay. Um, the actress or in it's in the universe. Thank you. You know Obi Wan. Oh. I think that's mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor, but I uh, thank for the bait. Mm, no, it's not. It, it's Ethan Hawke. What? Stay on test, Joe. Very confused. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, what? Thumbs that's, down. To what? <laughs> My confusion. Thumbs up or thumbs Two down? Thumbs the Ebert. increased role for Marty Bauman. Thumbs up. I, uh, thumbs up. Which one was? He's the journalist he's, slash conspiracy theorist. Slash, I was going to say, oh, thumbs up for sure. Conspiracy yeah. Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. I'll give, I'll give that a thumbs up. Sure. Thumbs up, thumbs down. The hard to kill Russian uh, term. Mm. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. I mean, I mean, mm. Thumbs down. Mm. Thumbs down for me. Tenth thumbs. Oh, and uh, yeah. a, a thumb up and uh, a thumbs I, down. There we go. Tenth yeah. thumbs. No thumbs down. No, I'm a no thumb, middle ground. I'm a thumbs nope. down. Not on that one. Okay. Thumbs down then. Uh, thumbs up. Thumbs down. Um, Erica. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I'll thumbs that up. I too give it a thumbs up. One thumb up, one thumb neutral. Ooh, an up Ooh. and a neutral. Yeah. Oh, Interesting. Excellent. That's a uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, the the uh, dusty bun Susie Poo scene. I'll thumbs that up. That's thumbs up. That's two thumbs up for, for me. me. Yeah. yeah uh, well, it's thumbs up without. I think it's arguably the bigger. best se- best scene in the whole season, the whole series. It it wow. definitely took me by Slow surprise. I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> it took me by surprise down. pleasantly so. Now, you actually said something Joe in our text block that in the last episode there's I think you said what there's like the two best I think moments two. in Stranger yeah. Things history or in the season. I think Stranger it. Things history. Okay, well, I bet I have to. I have to dig in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to take. Yeah, I don't even know what you're gonna say, but I'm gonna have to take I've, apart. I've your, forgotten yourself. what the second one was. I'm gonna take I apart rewatching confidence. So you don't have a job interview or anything the well, next you, week, do you? You just said the Susie Poo thing. Uh, is it right. the speech? I'm trying to remember what the other one was. Was it the speech? No. That was uh, speech. Oh yes, it was the speech. It was absolutely speech? at the end. The, the speech. Yeah. The the that's not the a speech. speech. Let's use proper. Semantics here. The kids. monologue. It was a. It's not a speech. It was a speech. It's not a speech. A speech is given in front of an audience and projected. Which that, that she was, was intending to give in front of two characters. One character. Therefore, having an really? two characters. Either way, not a speech. Characters. A monologue is more accurate. Carry on. It ended up being a monologue, but it was intended to be a speech. Soliloquy. Did you know that Millie Bobby Brown didn't uh, have anything? Uh, she hadn't read the speech before that scene. And they played the audio of the monologue for her in that take. So her reaction is just a real reaction to what she was hearing for the first time. That's I did know awesome. that, and it's tremendous. I didn't know that, but that's that's very cool. Um, thumbs up some uh, – well, uh, unless we're delving more into that really quick. Thumbs up, thumbs down uh, – Steve Harrington this year. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a thumbs up. It was a weird. <clears throat> I, I wasn't expecting 
how real he got to some extent. Well, I wasn't expecting him in a sailor outfit the entire season. (laughs) (laughs) I I go, I go uh, neutral. I I thought they, I thought they zagged too hard with, and laid it on too thick with the whole new Steve. He's been playing Mama Duck for a while, though. Yeah, it wasn't just that. It was just. there was the the occasional snippet, and I like the actor, and he's good, and the character is good. I just didn't like what they did with it and across the board. That was too. That's fair. I think there's a scene too, in, too muddled. There's a scene in Stranger Things t- season two where Dustin tells him like, "You still got that bat?" And he pulls mm-hmm. the spiked bat out of the trunk, and that's when I fell in love with Steve Harrington. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of was like Nick. I was like, okay, let's. I, I need to see more of like, like not buffoon Steve. Mm-hmm. And then at the end there, at the Battle of Star Starcourt, where he came out of nowhere with the with the vehicle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, there he yeah. is. Fuck yeah, there's, that's him. There's my Steve. There's my Steve. <laughs> see, He's that, got his that's where <laughs> that's where I earned my 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 dick badge. Is I I have a real hard time with like uh, Deus Ex Machina. No, 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 it's it's not even lazy, but like <laughs> sloppy physics, like that whole car impact scene. Yeah, doesn't make any uh, sense with laws of physics. It just was sort of. I get they're they're shooting for the the high drama, but it it I felt like right. it fell flat because it was just so stupid. Well, even I think there was actually a shot that was in the direction of where the car came from and no evidence of the car. And so, like, physically, it would have been impossible for the car to be there. At the it's time also it it's also physically impossible for it to defer, derail, upset the path of, of vehicle A based on speed. Come up with a couple physics. more. I right, can't. really close. Um, and also couldn't do you know, Alter couldn't the velocity. You could have had that impact without severe damage to both. When one is altering the velocity (laughs) of the car, some might feel compelled to allegorically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Thumbs up or thumbs down for Billy's story this season? All the way down. It's in my butthole. Really? It's in my butthole. Dip it in beef. <laughs> for, 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 for real? Chicago-style oh. butthole. All around. Mm. Uh, Dipped in ajou. I was, I was happy Hot for Billy. Hot I was happy for... I'm going to give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. I was happy for Billy to actually have a, like a fucking role to play in the show. Other uh, than just like a uh, teenage douchebag? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So for him to actually have some sort of role to play, mm-hmm. um, I'm giving it a thumbs up. I'm giving it a thumbs down for the fact that, like, I think there's some inconsistencies in what actually happened to him that I can't. There's lots of inconsistencies. So they took a lot of shortcuts in building up their their foil. In this season, which I also don't appreciate. Interesting. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, 
I I guess if there were like which part of the which part of the poorly constructed and poorly thought out um, slop monster did you find so heartwarming? Uh, if you can like, make your like, heart like the physical manifestation of the mind flayer, or yes. are you talking about Billy's characters? Oh, uh, I thought that was fantastic in the sense that, um, well, one, it, it, it was the most Lovecraftian that I think that they've been in the course of this entire series. Which I mean, there, this is basically a Lovecraft horror story um, at its core. Um, so seeing this otherworldly creature like become uh, like going through this really weird and like aberrant process of becoming real i guess manifesting itself you know having these people do weird things rats eating fertilizer people eating and drinking chemicals um that are deadly and dangerous to them and poisoning their bodies and minds to try and create itself was fascinating. I mean, it, it was very textbook Lovecraft. All right. But if you're a sentient, I, if you're a sentient I, power and you can more or less, you're assembling yourself. I don't know why assemble it in such a, a form that is the most unusable form that you can come up with ergonomically. I mean, was, and I think maybe it, it didn't realize it was a giant that. liquid monster of flesh. I mean, it could probably take a great many forms. I mean, it, I don't know. It just chose its natural form, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. It just chose something that it's comfortable with. Okay. My, I guess. my problem with the whole thing is that. I have so many problems. Did it not, <laughs> did it not do that to Billy? That's the weird thing and, is, is that it chose not to, for some reason. Now, did it choose, yeah. did it choose not to because it needed Billy to act as its agent? See that? Y- yes. Uh, okay, up but, to a but, point. But, but, but then, what's her name's dad was also in the same boat. Like what? That's what I'm saying. And so, so was I, so was son of Busey. Like what? It did made no sense. That's that's what didn't make any sense to me. Is why did it son choose Busey? Why did it choose to spare Billy the goo part when it could have just made Billy the goo part and See, still I had think, it do its thing? I think that. So I'm with you to a certain degree there. I think that it used Billy like I, I like what they did with Billy and I like that it used Billy as a up host? to a point. Yeah, like essentially as a host, not necessarily. Well, like sort of as a host, but like more of like a check, like a messiah or a prophet. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like this is it, it was using it like uh, using Billy as like this recruiting tool and it's it's influence on the the right side up the material plane I, I where, like, we Rob, where I think you're going with this with this concept of him as like a, a prophet of the Lovecraftian elder god whatever yeah, the fuck it is the mind flayer he's spared for his his servant right um, what I don't get though is at the end why after it like killed Billy and stabbed him 700 times it didn't just turn him into goop and swallow him up because it really doesn't care right well was he uh, once once he's free of the influence which he would have had to have been to be able to to resist the way that he did is that what saves him 
I mean, I guess that makes sense. And never, I don't think that it ever shows Billy going through the same process of like poisoning his body in the same way that well, all of the it, other. It, it hints at it, though. Does it? I I, I missed but it. I think when when uh, or don't in, the, in episode two when when Karen Wheeler corners him, he's in the chemical shed, and he seems to have just put down one oh. of the bottles. It does, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a weird. I, do, I do very specifically remember that. It's okay. That to me, because I was fully expecting, like I was fully expecting Billy to turn into a fucking goop monster. And, yeah. And when he and when he didn't, I was like, oh, okay, so what the fuck is that about? Right. And yeah. Because like, like I, I, I understand Son of Busey and and Tom Holloway or whatever. Like they make sense because uh, their human bodies have clearly been murdered by Nancy and Jonathan. Right. So they're not useful anymore as human beings. So they might as well turn them into goop monsters. But then when, right. when gotta look around because we're not there yet together. Uh, when the rest of the town gets goop monstered, I don't understand why at that point Billy isn't goop monstered. I I, I could understand that. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I think I think that they did. I think that they did really well with it up until probably the last couple of episodes. And I think that Billy's story probably should have ended a little bit earlier than it did, and in a much more gruesome and uncaring fashion. Yeah, for a now, show that makes as much money as it does, and is, mm-hmm. is such a why? I know you don't have an answer, but why are they so? Why are they so cheap on their CGI? Like, why this? Why are they so unwilling to spend money on their CGI? And I just I don't know why it just irks me. I don't know. Like the, the first season, it made a little bit more sense because they spent a lot more money on practical effects. There I wasn't think all much of their CGI budget in season one, aside right, from the because, monster. Right, the Demogorgon, which was mostly practical effects. Um, but I think if I had to like put a pin in it. Um, they probably spent all of their money on Carrie Ellis. <laughs> That's probably true. Who's, uh, who shows up way more often than I expected him to after the first time that I saw him. Who's first of all, who's making like instant Rama ramen in a microwave? Oh, I'm sorry. I kind of forgot I was audible here. Secondly, in season one, we had Matthew Modine. Mm-hmm. In season two, we had Paul Reiser. Mm-hmm. In season three, we had Carrie Elwes. Mm-hmm. In the fourth and final season, will be the return from '80s obscurity actor that they hired. Mandy Patinkin. Do you think it's Mandy oh. Patinkin? Well, I do now. I I was thinking Steve Gutenberg. He died two years ago. No, he didn't. Pretty sure. His career I'm- did. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what I'm, I'm. I had it backwards. And you can't bring would, you can't bring Ted Danson because Ted Danson looks now looks too much like Matthew Modine in the first season. Oh yeah, I think Mandy Patinkin would be a fantastic addition to the story. I'd be down with that. As a no. what? I Whatever. have no fucking idea. Mm, As another conspiracy theorist, I don't know. What about what about Bronson Pinchot? No, I don't even know what a Bronson. We know we is. might know who he is, but no one else does. He is not mm. a popular figure. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Ooh, Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. Judge Judy. Rosewood. 
<laughs> I would love Judge do Judge Reinhold. I like that a lot. Um so but back to what happened give, to his face? Ooh. A lot. Judge Reinhold, he looks like a fucking lot. Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> Are you sure you're not looking at a picture of Charlie McCarthy? <laughs> Reasonably certain. <laughs> or Andrew McCarthy. Search Judge Reinhold. So uh Rob, you you were passionate about many things today. Uh I try. <laughs> Give me something about season three that makes you willing to uh, to fall on the sword for it. Because I'm I'm truly at a loss to think of what could be so so impactful that would make one want to draw a definitive stance on this season. I thought that it, despite it playing to some tropes, which it does play to tropes quite a bit in this season, more so than it does in the previous uh, couple of seasons. Um. I think that they handled the development and growth of these characters, mostly the children growing into young adults, making their way um, downtown, downtown, walking fast. Downtown, walking fast. Um, they really handled them growing up in a, a <laughs> relatively realistic manner, and they still have the the like the connections and like the the things that actually drew you into the individual characters. There. Um, and they do it well. Um, I also liked that this was definitely, in my opinion, the most Lovecraftian season. Um, just because if you, they, get, if you get Lovecraftian three more times when the end of the show, you get a hot I, I get a prize. I'm trying to shoot for it. Um, but I, I think that they really, really handled that, like, that outer horror really well. I'm going to try and say really another hundred times before the end of the show too. Um, But I think anyway, the, the the character development and the, um, the otherworldly horror, they handled really well and they had some very emotionally impactful moments. And because of that, I think this was very well, really well, really, really, really very well, quite well, quite well. Um, well, See, I thought this. I, think, had, I thought this had less emotionally impacting moments than the the previous two seasons. I think they had fewer. Is, I agree with you, but they paid off more for me. I didn't get. I didn't get it. Wasn't feeling it. Hmm. Really? Yeah. See, it I was like I spent. I spent each episode trying to self heal from the the many 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 gut shots of. Oh, Noah Schnapp completely fucking not knowing how to act anymore since he aged uh, and and rubbing his his chicken skin neck every single episode and making that stupid face, <laughs> which is all he does. And, and oh, he, I thought he kind of almost ruined it. I thought he's he's awful, awful actor and just bad character work on top of that made it pretty tough. Oh, I enjoyed uh, him a lot this season. Why? For what? He did He did zero. He was besides, the only person besides. who wasn't distracted by sex to the point that he didn't realize what the fuck was going on. And uh, a lot of that okay. has to do with the fact that as, as a character, he has a, a stalled development because he spent the time in the Upside Down and then spent the time 
uh, he's possessed a traumatized by the monster. Child. He's a traumatized I, child. He's trying to, to capture a thing, and he's not he's not at the same developmental level as his peers because of it. And That's so I fine. I thought he was he was playing somebody who was who was re experiencing his trauma in the moment. And so his eyes, eyes are going blank and he's, he's focused on his chicken skin neck because that's what happens when you relive your trauma. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Rob's general premise about the, you know, uh, social development angle. I thought, I thought it hit on a lot of those. Well, um, I, I had an issue with, I think with so many things that, you find something you like, and then you you go back to that well too many times, and it becomes watered down. Uh, we've seen it with all of our favorite series, and we've talked about it, you know, kind of ad nauseum. But I think the victim in season three was just the uh, the overuse of Eleven and like her abilities. You know, it was like every episode she was doing something telekinetic, and it became. I, I know what you're going to say, Rob. In the one hand, it's like, oh, well, you know, she's a teenage girl, so she tried using her powers to spy on boys. I, I get the point. That was exactly what I was going to say. Because, <laughs> actually. Um, I just thought that they, they, they did a little bit too much of it, even in combat scenes, like every... I could, it, I could, it, under, it, it, I could agree with that. Less like the, like the, the sauna should, scene. Yeah, that was like, stupid, too. Yeah, like I, I can feel you there. I'm intrigued to see how they handle how they handle her in the next season, given oh, I think the apparent one. loss of her powers. There's one, yeah, given the one apparent last, loss of her powers. One last season. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. That's expect confirmed it. to be the last one, right? I yes, and I, and I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. Mm-mm. Um, I'm gonna. I bet there's two years. I think. I, mean, there's, I, think I, I would be willing to wait if they put the time and money I, well, into it. I think it. there's going to be a huge time jump and what I'm getting at. And I think these, I mean, Finn Wolfhard's working. I mean, he's, he's the hardest working. All kid. of them. Millie Bobby Brown's getting work yeah, everywhere. That's what I'm saying. So I, th- yeah. uh, I, I think they're going to give it a, a, a couple of years to let these guys get some other projects started or done. And then they're going to come back and finish it up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope they, I hope they make it darker and, I hope they make oh, it less I hope, I hope, See, I hope the last season is the darkest season was, of them all. That was if I had one my one problem with the season was they took I thought a great character in in Joyce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And turned her into like these magnets. You know, how do they work? Yeah, she and, doesn't work well as like uh I'm just a sort of like, I mean, man, a, I loved I'm her a, even a, more this season to, than in the be, other one. Well functioning, lower <laughs> of, middle of, class of, of, mom. Of course you did, Joe. Yep. I I thought that she played a detective better than Hopper did yeah. throughout the course right, of the which season. Is a Hopper's, Hopper's also Hopper, not Hopper's a detective. A, right, Hopper's just a cop. But like she she played a detective essentially. <laughs> She was asking a really stupid, simple question is why are my magnets not working over and over again? But because of her, they kept pushing the story so far along. And it's not like she was just asking this question over and over again and not getting anything from it. She went to the old science teacher to figure out how do magnets actually work? 
okay, cool. So then what could cause this on such a big scale? Oh, a theoretical device that could cost tons of money. This sounds like something that I know about. Let's go back to that place. They go back to that place. They Hawkins get attacked by Russians. Isn't that big a town? Ta- Are we even going to talk no, about it's that? Not. Are we going to talk about the goddamn Red Dawn uh, conspiracy? <laughs> I thought it was. That's actually that's the biggest plot hole in the whole thing. It's, yeah. What it's, did they do with all that dirt? It's impossible for me to overlook yes. that whole thing. <laughs> I I will agree. That was definitely the absolute weakest but, link in the know, season. Uh, the thing was, is, though, uh, one of the things that I think is great about this show, and one of the things that I think they're capturing perfectly, and it's part of why I love it so much, even though like they're getting more trophy, and there are, are certain parts of it that are not as good anymore. But they're better for being bad because this whole thing is it's a dime store horror fiction story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And 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 as you go along and, and an author is Caesar Wright wasn't. The show wasn't built to be that. It, it oh. was built to be That's that. That's why they designed it was, the it's it's it the was, first it one in the series. Pulp, it's, it was pulp, it was pulp horror to begin with. Yeah, it's the one that gets you hooked so that you read the other four. Or the other yeah. three, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Reddit it's, this you is, this is entirely been it's, like textbook pulp horror. They talked about it in the interviews when they first – that's why they designed the the title card the way that they did, so that it would look like Dime Store pulp, pulp horror. I thought they were designing to be Stephen King-esque and 80s-esque play at the time. That period. was part of it, right. but it was, it was so that you would see right. it. It was, it was similar to what you'd see – Standing in a bookstore or a gas station and picking up this kind of pulpy horror. No. Yes. It's, it's been Stephen King was part of the start, that, but yeah, but that's because he was part of that. Uh, I'm. I agree to disagree, but but your point is taken. <laughs> you're, you're wrong, but continue. Stephen I mean, King is not pulp horror in any stretch. Uh, well, he, he's not well, now. He's I not disagree now. with you. He all he short he stories asked, doesn't equal pulp. No, but that's how he's he's. But that's how but he, that's, that's how, how he got like that's how he cut that's his how teeth. He started, and then also like no, that's he didn't just like write it and be or, or Christine or no, anything else no, and like. But he wrote <laughs> suddenly those famous. The time period he wrote those in the time period this show is set. He wrote his breakout stuff during the late sixties, early early seventies. Which was what? Why are you asking? Pulp, pulp horror no is the word that you were looking no, for. I just got home late. I have no idea where stuff is. I'm so confused. Lindsay, we are having a very important discussion. <laughs> yeah. It matters so much. Did, did he? Did he just say? Listen, I got home late. I don't look like Frederick Douglass. Yeah, that's what I heard. Is that what he I, said? I, I, I don't look like Frederick Douglass. I don't look like Frederick Douglass. Uh, <laughs> only when I'm wearing my going out jacket. <laughs> so I guess that's that's me. That's me taking it apart. Um, yeah. So there. I guess I, I hear. I hear where you're coming from, and it's just it's a different opinion on how the show should be. But I don't like I, I characters that that I think are, and this is not indicative of stranger things it's had some million really good programs that um are at their best early and then as they're trying to reproduce um they they become watered down especially the the 
the core character bases, you know, they just, I feel like they, uh, like Hopper, for example, um, mm-hmm. they made him more of a caricature of himself, which I, I didn't dig because I, I thought he was such a, 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 a truly focal point um, in season one and most of season two, like a, a very centralizing force, you know, uh, with all I the chaos. I don't disagree with that. Around. I, I but think he was that's also kind of a and character. And he becomes just this, himself. like, you know, like. Dad? Yeah, I mean, there's some of it. I, I, I did like that script, <laughs> you know, the kind of interaction, some of the, the dialogue with him and Joyce was extremely spot on. Um, and how those things would go and, and some of those interactions with the kids. I, I did like that part of it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe overall, aside from, I just feel like it was a big step down from what I thought it was disjointed throughout and it, it didn't flow at all as well as the first two seasons. And, and just generally, I don't think it was extremely well directed. So that's, that's, I'll leave it at that. That's probably fair. And I do think it's more disjointed, but I, I am giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's intentionally done. To some degree, at to least. To some degree. I think, so there, there, I think there I are parts of it. There are some hiccups, but. Yeah, I, I think, I think there are parts of it where they're intentionally making it disjointed. And I think parts of it where they're intentionally playing with the way that things change over time and, and aren't the same anymore. I would agree with that. Because they changed. Right. Over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To show that time had passed. Mm -hmm. To show that time had passed. And he was wearing glasses. To show (laughs) that time had passed. Mm -hmm. That's a nickel for John Mulaney. Rob, what are you geeking on this week? Well, you've been hyping it up enough at this point in time, and we are getting closer and closer to it. Gen Con. It's right around the corner. And I have been, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it to be here. I'm ready to hang out with you guys to get drinks in Indianapolis again, to go and explore all of the new booths, see all of our old friends. Uh, I'm, I'm just ready for it to be Gen Con. So I, I've really been excited, um, and getting hyped up for that. Here, here. You're here indeed. Joseph, what have you been geeking on this week? Uh... I've been geeking on uh, marriage and the concept of marriage. I've been married for four years as of this recording. There you go. That's bizarre. As of today. That seems, wow. Yeah. It's exciting. That's a lie. It's a lie. That's no, true. I, I'm very, I'm very excited. Like, that's awesome. It's four years and like three hours. Is that better? Yes. We're Thank you. for you. It, but, it is. Yeah. So. What? Okay. Not uh, a lot of your wedding pictures came up on my Facebook memories today. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That means that this episode is like the anniversary the f- of Rob's tequila episode. Fourth anniversary. It is of the me fourth anniversary. Deleting of the, the most. Episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe, it's your aunt Candy and Uncle Kevin. We just want to tell you we're proud of you. And art. <laughs> so good so so good yeah oh, that's what I'm, I'm geeking on that this week I'm, it's really exciting <laughs> uh, we're going to go see Hamilton next week to celebrate so Cute. pumped about cool. that as well so nice. 
Yeah. Nick, what are you uh, geeking on this week? I am uh, I am geek free this week. I have Ugh. spent all my energies on the uh, topics previously discussed in the uh, in this segment. I, I used up some time on Stranger Things, getting fully caught up, and it's been a uh, put a pin in this for next week. I, I had a monologue of <sighs> youth sports uh, anecdotes that. Dominated my week, but I'll save those for next week. That has been entirely my my last seven days was getting caught up on on show fodder and uh, finishing out our baseball softball season. So, look at um, this: three pole horror stories from 1959, eight of them from 1960, <laughs> another one in 1961, two in 1963. One in 1964, two more in 1965. What are you talking about? Man, and we haven't even gotten to the 80s yet. Stephen King and how you're fucking wrong. I, no, it's exactly, you just proved my point there, self-flatio guy. That's exactly what I said, is that he wrote his pulp stuff early, and he was writing epic 1980s. novels in 84. I believe Plenty it's, of pulp horrors here. I believe it's 1981. No. There's another <laughs> five. You're wrong. You're right. 1982, there's another six. 1983, nothing but pulp horror stories that came out. 1984, the year of this. All but one of his production or productions, his publications from that year. What are were you pulp reading? Pulp horror stories, short stories. Stephen King's fucking bibliography. I'm opening it up right now. <laughs> Just have it on hand. His best, his single novella from 1984, the year. Stop of using this, the word novella. All right, it's it you says novella bug. right here. Well, it's a word. The Ballad of the Flexible Bullet, <laughs> which was published in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, which was known for pulp stories, motherfucker. He's also an OCD it? writer. I mean, he was putting out material every year. Let's see. I don't, uh, I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> what did I say? Do, do Ryan, I, what do have I you been geeking on? What I've been geeking on? Yes, wait, what did, I, what, what did I say? OCD? Did I say that? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah, he's, oh, an objective, well, he's an objective, uh, cynical dissenter. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's compulsive. He, I mean, he writes constantly. Yeah. So I, I got what you I mean. Meant. The I Dark just... Tower is 82. All right. Yes. You, pole smoker so he might have been throwing some rags around to keep himself flexible but he was putting out juggernauts of science fiction during those times yep the juggernaut who carries the uh the crystal of the uh, crystal of cider dick (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna tear you in half (laughs) anyway brian go on uh honestly this week uh, I I was geeking on Amazon Prime Day. I think that's what I geeked on the most. Yeah, it's been a lackluster week, man. I'm. <laughs> I did get a lot of cool stuff though. I got uh, I got uh, Saga, uh, a hardback of uh, Saga nice. Volume One, Issue One, Book One, whatever it is. You're, um, you're gonna enjoy that. I got uh, three or four brand new knives. Uh, vegetables and and fish and meat and stuff. And other cutting things. Um, man, we got a lot. We got a new trash can. It's been a great. It's been a great, uh, great couple of days. 
a steady stream of packages showing up at the house. So that's. How's your? Never mind. <laughs> also, also, there was a cool game I saw on Facebook called Moonraker, and I reached out. To their Kickstarter is going to go live in September. Uh, it's a deck builder. It's in space. Um, the artwork I thought looked really cool. That's what caught my eye. It does look good. Uh, and I've been into deck builders lately. Um, actually, my whole life. And um, I reached out to them on Facebook and said, hey, are you going to be at Gen Con? And they said, we're going to be there, but we won't have like an official presence. It's too expensive right now. You know, yada, yada, yada. And you, Spider-Man, pointed at them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then I said, I said, or they said, would you want to like, get would you like to get together and play like we could do, like we could put you through a game? And I said, Ooh. I said, I would love to do that. Could we, um, I could get my, my whole crew there. We could do like a live play test. We could do it for a podcast. And they said, well, how about we just send you a copy of the game? What's your address? So before Gen Con, I will have a copy of Moonraker and we will get to play it and review it here on the show. Awesome. Well, hot diggity dog. Yes. Yes. That kicks so, ass. If you are someone who has a game and you want to play it on this, just send it to us. We'll play it. Yeah. It's easy publicity. So, if you liked Word. what you heard tonight and you want to hear more of it, um, it could help by going to Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash geekcastlive and uh, give some money for uh, things to do. Like uh, Rob and I may or may not have designed a trucker hat today. It's true. The odds are high. And if you like what you heard, be sure to go over to iTunes, Google Play, or whatever you listen to your podcast on. Be sure to like us, subscribe, give us five stars, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and tell us what your favorite pulp horror story from Stephen King is. Or his actual books. No, the pulp horror <laughs> stuff. If you'd like a uh, truck or any other kind of peril, head on over to threadless.com <laughs> slash no gcl.threadless.com for uh, some heck and pumped sweatshirts and some uh, about that life shirts uh, and some fuck tradition shirts. Yeah. So Ooh, I, need to get, I, I need to get a nice fuck tradition shirt before Gen Con, I think. Ooh, uh, and a coffee mug. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do that. Call your grandparents. Yeah. I'll be saying. Call mine. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Call my grandparents. Check this.
motherfucker.